0: Welcome to episode 27 of the Camera Shake Podcast with me, Kirsten Nuts, and Nick Kirby. Um, We talk about all sorts of different things to do with photography, videography, making photos, making videos, and the whole shebang. Sometimes we even mention gear, believe it or not. But today, we have a very special guest on the show. Please welcome Hannah Cousins. Hannah, how are you doing?
1: Hi, guys. I'm very good, thank you. This is a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This
0: is great fun. For those of you who um, have not heard of Hannah yet... Um, Hannah is an award wi- award, 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 award winning <laughs> <laughs> award winning portrait photographer uh, from Saint Albans uh, near London, um, and you also well I say from Saint Albans, but you've just moved studios.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, Well, it's funny because it's a bit of a standing joke because um, St Albans is uh, a very affluent area, a very middle-class town, and uh, my accent does not fit in. Um, (laughs) So I was actually brought up in North London. You don't get an accent like this in St Albans. Um, (laughs) So I'm not from there, um, and I don't don't even live there. So this might be something interesting to discuss, how sometimes having a business in a different area to where you live and the impact of that. Um, But no, I am... yeah, I have access to a few places. So right now, I'm in my home studio. This is my garage at home. Um, my sort of story is that I had a the High Street studio um, in St Albans. I had one previous to that too. We can go on and on. Um, but I had one in St Albans for ten years. Uh, the lease expired in January of uh, 2019, and they wanted me to sign another ten-year lease. And I was like, No, not doing that. And, of Mm. course, now I am much happier that I didn't do that, given the current circumstances. Um, So I was in a sort of temporary space to sort of see, can I get away with not being on the high street? Because I'd had this – it was beautiful. I paid through the roof for it. But I had this beautiful glass-fronted shop on the main high street. Mm. Did all of that. And uh, then I've been in this other place, which is still on the main drag, but no shop front. So it's kind of like you have to press a buzzer to get access. Mm. Because I was terrified that if I went off the high street – would anybody know that I was there? Like, how does this work? But of course, how we find things, how we shop, all of that has changed so much in the last 10 years. Um, but it was always, I was never like really happy with it. Uh, so it's been a bit of a means to an end. And then literally two days ago, uh, we've moved four minutes down the road to a much bigger space, a space that I'm so much happier with. Um, it's much better. Again, it's like, it's going to be another doorbell system. Um, yeah, so it's all by appointment still. But it's bigger. It's got parking, which is unheard of in that town and just just lots of things like that that make a difference to the customer experience. So very happy about that one. And then, of course, still got uh, the central London space knocking about but the thing is at the moment no one really wants to go into London so that's fair enough so yeah yeah, it's been a bit of a mad time.
2: (laughs) Well if you're literally moving today a double thank you for being able to jump on the podcast with us today.
1: No worries at all No, there's always room to fit things in if you want to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's very true very very true. Did you did you sign another 10-year lease for your new place though?
1: no way no. I, mean, I mean that's the one thing that I would sort of say to anybody I mean I got started really young I was 22 in uh, 2005 I uh, don't oh, know I've given away how old I am um, but, and uh, I signed a 10 year lease there but I actually got out of that one after 7 years because I ran I overlapped them and, um, and ran 2 at the same time um, but and it was kind of like a standard thing sort of back then I think really that landlords would want you to sign very long leases um, and uh, yeah, that was kind of fine when I was sort of 25 to 35, or you know, that kind of age. But being sort of, you know, when I would have been sort of 36 to 46, um, and I realized I was doing something else too, which was that I've got a job, we all have jobs where we can travel and go anywhere and should, should be able to do our jobs from anywhere. But what I found that I was doing is restricting my freedom by anchoring myself to one place, especially mm-hmm. if it was a place that needed. Like the shop that needed to be have someone in it every day um so i would sort of you know say to people especially at the moment just be very careful what kind of if you're gonna go for a studio space just be very careful of the terms and what because the full repairing lease which means you've got to return it back to how it was and all of these things that you think at the time ah yeah yeah yeah, that's fine come the time where you move out suddenly it's a whole headache that you got to deal with so i just be very careful (laughs) at the moment just with the way things are
0: Years ago in my previous life, um, I set up, and I was, again, I was sort of in my mid-twenties, I set up a music school because my background oh, wow. is, um, you know, I studied music and, uh, and I started teaching. And then before I knew it, um, my timetable was full. And I figured that, you know, if I can't physically teach any more people or book in any more students, I might as well have other people teach for me. And then <laughs> you very quickly, arrive at the idea of setting up a school, but then you need some form of location for that. To happen. So I was kind of in the sure. same boat. Um, I signed a 10-year lease on a building, you know, with uh, mm. with a concert hall and uh, and classrooms wow. and a studio. Yeah. And it seemed amazing at the time. And for some, and I didn't know anything about any of this, right? Yeah. Because just because you can play the, the guitar half decent doesn't necessarily mean you know a lot about business, right?
1: Absolutely right. Yeah. But, Why should you?
0: But I had, for some reason... I build in a five-year break clause into the contract. Yes. <laughs> and that was perfect because after five years, it's a similar sort of thing where, you know, um, the landlord, you know, thinks like the roof starts leaking and the windows don't shut and any of that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden you get to, you know, the, I don't know, the toilet is blocked or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you've got um, you to spend a lot of money and actually keeping the building intact. And the landlord literally doesn't do anything, just sits there.
1: And You're so right. And I think that's the problem is that I think sort of when we think of, um, you know, renting a space, we sort of think of the residential terms, which of course are Absolutely. very different, which where if something goes wrong, you call the landlord and go, hey, this is doing this, can you fix it? Mm. It's not the same, you're absolutely right, because all of a sudden you find out that you're paying for someone's roof and yeah. you're you know, having a new floor installed or something and you're like, hang on a minute, I'm giving this person rent and I'm paying for their building. Yeah. And that's so different to residential yeah. that I think many people could trip up there and not realize that. So I well, totally nice. hear you, but did you manage, did you get out after the five years then?
0: Yeah, well, there was there was one incident where basically um, I tried to work out why I would heat up the rooms and they would get co- go cold really quickly until I realized oh, that no. there was no insulation in the roof right which at the time even was against the regulations oh, and so and I spoke to the landlord he goes like oh, well you know you can you can have to pay for it I'm thinking no uh, <laughs> yeah. so um but and like, so so as a consequence you know um we we sort of uh, you know evoked the 5 year break clause but mm-hmm. They would only uh, let us go under the proviso that we would basically put the building back into the state as when we found it, which oh. meant we had to paint everything. It's just, yeah, you know, it was I a lot you. of work at I the had- end
1: the exact same thing and almost things where you know it would you're putting it back to a worse state because you probably enhance the building in some respects by putting you know various things in place but just because of the way that it is no one seems to apply common sense and just go oh no no we need this back again and yeah yeah, so I spent pretty much Christmas and New Year in there in the freezing cold, painting walls, filling holes, sanding, everything. I yeah. you know, I've learned a lot about DIY oh, <laughs> as yeah.
0: well. <laughs> yeah, we recruited students, you know, like volunteers who would help us and parents, you know, it was because the building was so big with like five classrooms and a studio and wow. an office and um a concert hall, which was a pain in the neck to paint because it's, you know, very high ceilings and everything. Sure. There's a real nightmare. And after that I kind of thought, no matter what I do in the future, I'm not gonna I'm not going to have like a, a brick and mortar type of studio for whatever. And yeah. as, as, ni- as a photographer, you know, as nice as it sounds to have a studio, it's exactly those kind of pitfalls that come with it. Um,
1: Absolutely. Yes. And so,
0: you know, the, the interesting thing there was that when we spoke on the phone originally, and you mentioned that you're moving uh, your studios, I kind of thought that's kind of a brave move in this, not only generally, <laughs> but in this time as well. When, you, know when, when you oh, know, when your instinct would basically say, you, you know, because we don't know what's, what the future holds over the next few years, it might be better to kind of get rid of that stuff. So how, like, what made you come to that decision to, to move into um, a new studio and take that on?
1: Right, so actually, it's it's not as um, scary as it sounds. It's actually um, a calculated business move, mm. um, but it makes me laugh because you're not the only person that said that. Someone's like, "Who only you would go and move studios during this time?" <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, probably." Um, but no, it is it is a calculated move. So basically, um, where I was was extremely, extremely expensive um, because it was only. Um, It was supposed to be sort of a short term solution. um, And uh, the good thing was with that is that it gave me a short get out clause. So I only had a two month rolling contract where I needed to give notice. Um, And uh, so, yeah, I thought, okay, well, this is fine. But then lots of things started to happen and it's so funny that you say the roof leaking because that's exactly what happened just now um it happened in my old place as well but this time the landlord was responsible for it but there's little things that really disrupt things and when it's not completely yours um and it's because it was part of a building where they sublet it out to different people um but there was various things that it's small um it was very expensive um it was on because of the the location of it but i found increasingly that it was harder and harder to social distance because the, you know, the communal area, it was a communal area. So you've got various businesses operating from the same building. And if someone's got a customer waiting, see, I'm very much at the moment, if I have multiple people, um, I'd have them wait in reception and I would call the person in that I was photographing and then they would switch and then that person would leave. And just to make sure that you're just sort of not keeping people hanging around in, the, in a small space for an extended period of time. Um, But these guys got in touch with me completely randomly I was definitely in the feeling I I went to after lockdown um, So this is probably Actually I don't know This this is probably when we were able to move again So probably about June time I went back into the studio And I was like this feels very sad The whole sort of feel of the place Feels very depressing And it's just I don't know This doesn't feel good Um, That's when you started to get the feeling Of what might become post-Covid Um, and I thought, I don't, I don't like the feel of this place. I've never been in love with this place anyway. Um, but then randomly, uh, so so we, we then had the discussion of how much we're paying for this thing and how much we actually use it. So we went, Mm. do we actually need a studio? These days, do we need a studio? And we sort of went through it. And then weirdly I got some bookings again. Um, and because it was summer, um, a lot of those are outside and because it was post lockdown, um, we were photographing people in their gardens just to be extra safe, things like that. People didn't want to leave the house. Mm. And just the whole thing of packing the stuff up and moving it and then just being down in someone's space and you don't know what the this is going to be like and that's going to be like. And I thought, oh, man, I, I uh, and we thought about it. And we just went, this is hard. This is a lot harder. Mm. I mean, you wouldn't have the overhead but not having all your stuff. And I was like, Oh, did I pack this? Hang on. Where did I have that last? Is this there or is it there? Yeah. I started having that. Whereas of course I know that everything's in the studio or I take mm. it out or bring it back to one of two places. And it was weird. I started to think, Oh, I need a studio. Um, and especially as obviously time has gone on, you've thought, yeah, okay, well you get in that full sense of security where you go, Oh, it's fine. I'll just work outside. No problem. That's great. In the middle of summer. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then, what's going to happen. You know, um, I even had a shoot a couple of weeks ago and it was windy. And of course your client is like got the hair everywhere and that's how, not how they want to be presented or yeah, anything like that. And it's going to get colder. It's going to get more uncomfortable. I thought I, I can't, I'm going to have, have to have somewhere to work from. Um, these two guys got in touch with me and they're like, Hey, do you want to rent this space? And I was like, mm, no, not really. <laughs> um, it wasn't very nice. Um, it was open plan. It was full of boxes um but something in my gut said to me just go and have a look at it so I just sort of, they sent me some photos and I sort of went and had a look at it and we, went, we walked in there and I was like there's no way this is going to work because they had glass doors mm. like from their offices and I was like guys the flashes going off is really going to affect you and your work a lot and they were like oh yeah we didn't really think about that and I was like or there's just things that are going to be disruptive to you running your businesses. So thanks, but no thanks. Like, you know, if it was a kind of dedicated studio space, if it was separated, then it could be a different story. Um, So that was that. And then a few weeks later they got in touch and uh, they said, Oh, we we are thinking about making it into a studio. Um, I said, well, yeah, if you need any help with anything like setting it up or, you know, all of this, then just let me know. And they did. And we got in touch and said, well, hold on. Are you actually going to do this? Like, are we thinking that we're going to make this into a studio? Because I could take this off of you, um, you know, for a certain number of days per week. So, you know, you've got guaranteed income. If you're thinking of doing this as a rental studio, I can be resident here. If you are actually going to do this. And we had a conversation and we went back and forth. um, And uh, we were looking at the workload and with what we have going on, we can actually fit our work into four days a week right now um we think and uh anything else we'll go and do out on location so we're now taking this space for a you know for majority of the week and they can rent it out the other you know the other days of the week if they if they wanted to um and we so i got involved in this sort of you know you know how it was going to work and all of this kind of stuff so actually in a strange way I've said I'll commit to you for at least a year so they have some security um giving them money up front you know all of the things that you would do but there's something about it they're filmmakers and they are um sound guys and all our industries just overlap just a little bit and it felt like the right thing to do because I've cut my overhead so weirdly what comes so what can you do what can you do right now when you go there's no work well you just have to cut what goes out compared to what comes in because if you're doing your best and you can't get any more coming in due to circumstances, all you can do is try to stop what's going out like this that's the only mm. thing that you can do so in this weird sort of circumstances I've managed to cut the overhead get a better space and be working with people that we feel like our businesses we will all benefit from working together um, so it's been a real weird stroke of luck. I got this email, landed my inbox. And at first I thought it was was dead end. I thought Mm. there's nothing that's going to happen here. I'll just stay where I am and just figure this out. And, you know, I said, I'll stay in my studio till Christmas and see what happens and reassess in 2021. And then boom, out of nowhere, this has all happened. So sometimes things have a weird way of just showing up if they're meant to, I think.
0: Yeah. Do you remember what, what were your thoughts the first day lockdown was announced?
1: Uh, i trying not to swear. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, I, I think really, well, I mean, no, to be fair, um, I, I thought it would happen. Um, I think when we were all sort of looking at what was going on in Italy um, and what was going on everywhere else, I thought it would be extremely naive of us to think that this isn't going to happen to us. I just thought it would. I just thought it was a matter of time. Um, and we, all, we, we predicted it in the sense of, uh, you know, we, we were away uh, for a couple of days. Um, and uh, it was been, it's just been, it was one thing after another. So we'd sort of pre booked this trip down to the South Coast because um, it was uh, just after my mum had passed away in February. So this was March. So we'd just had a funeral and we went, let's just go to the coast for a couple of days just to go to somewhere to get, get the funeral out of the way, get all this done. But we were down there and we were supposed to be there for one more night and we put the TV on and it was like, yeah, lockdown's happening tomorrow. So we we're like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going home. But before we went home, like, before we left, we had made sure we had everything here because I was like, I, I guarantee you there's going to be a lockdown. I just don't know it's going to happen. And then it started to happen. And of course, this is before we knew how long it would be. This is before there was any anything for anyone announced any kind of government support um and many people have fallen through the net many creatives are in a bit of a sticky situation with that and uh i'm a limited company i take my money in dividends and Hmm. that was that so i was on minimum wage furlough um and uh, I, I furloughed myself for two months and then realised that it was actually a restriction for me. I was like, I can't, I can't work even if I wanted mm. to. So I took myself straight off of that and just went, right, okay, we need to knuckle down and we need to uh, just do what we can um, and adapt as much as possible. And thankfully, the phone was still ringing a little bit, which I was quite surprised about. Nothing like normal, but, you know, obviously, what was it? march april may there was nothing towards the end of may we were starting to get a few inquiries and a few sort of oh are you are you shooting are you coming out etc um and it was starting to change so it was um not a moment of i i try not to panic i'm quite i always say i'm quite good in a crisis guys (laughs) Um, (laughs) because i don't i don't freak out um because I I understand that there are many things in life that you cannot control. And this is one of them. Um, But all you can do is think about what can you do? Or I'm I'm the sort of person that tries to think, what can you do rather than what can't you do? And you think, all right, well, this is going to happen. And this is going to be around for a long time. And don't get me wrong. I've had my fair share of uncertainty and, you know, kind of have my moments of, oh shit, like, you know, what happens with this and et cetera. But, most of my work or a huge, certainly it was getting to the point last year where 50% of my work was from doing speaking gigs, um, to, for doing workshops and all of that. Well, Hmm. that's dead, that's gone. And in my head, I was going, this is not going to happen for at least a year. Initially I was thinking, Oh, maybe it will be six months. No. So now I'm sort of thinking this isn't going to happen for a long time. Um, and I think once you sort of have that acceptance, it's much easier to then think, all right, that's happening this is happening. what mm. can I do? but yeah. how, is, how is it for you? How is it for you guys
0: well I was actually I was on a shoot in Budapest when <laughs> yeah when it became, when it became clear that this was uh, what was going to go down in, in the u k yeah and um, so I, I do a lot of uh, corporate kind of gigs like uh, conferences and things like that and, and right. as it happened, I was, uh, I was shooting this conference in Budapest uh, with some guys that I'd worked with before. Uh, so they were doing um the audio, like the A V stuff. Um mm-hmm. and there's a film crew there and I've I'd worked with them before. And I think on the the, the night before we we're all due to fly back, um it was like we all realized we were gonna be out of work for a bit. <laughs> so we hit the bar. <laughs> it's basically what we did.
1: Yeah. You know. I mean, what what, what else can you do? Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Um and- but uh but you know, I, I think you know, after the initial few days of, you know, moping,
1: yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was like
0: it was literally like, okay, right, so you know, stop with the depression already, like you know, and let's let's see what we can do, you yeah, know, because this thing, course. it's like initially you, you start thinking about all the things that you can't do, and then at some point those. you get developed like you can do attitudes. That's that was a, that was what was happening in my head, yeah. And I figured, okay, right, what can we actually do? And you know, the podcast. Yeah was one of the things, and uh, th- there was a point um probably throughout march April, where like days and weeks would just roll into one and I uh, you know oh, we, for sure, you know, and it was like this point where it was like somebody would call you up and go like, Hey, uh, you know, what are you doing on Monday it's like I don't know what day is it today? I have no idea. (laughs) What's Monday?
1: (laughs) That's so true. I know. I think we all sort of felt this weird sense of it. And even when we we went out yesterday and we were walking around um, uh, to go to the same, we went to a bigger supermarket, Mm. which we were going to during lockdown. And we went, there's Christmas stuff out. It was like, what what, What? What happened? Just like it, just still doesn't feel. It, everything has been so surreal this year for everybody. Yeah, completely. But how was it? How was it for you, Nick? Like, what what happened there it's for you? It's
2: been. It's difficult. It's been slightly tougher in a certain uh, respect for me. because I, mm. I only went fully self-employed a couple of years ago, right? <sighs> uh, you know, and I, I, was, I was working in corporate for like fifteen odd years. Mm-hmm. And, um, so ever since then, I've been, you know, hands in different, different pies to try and you know, make up a, a full income while I start building on, you know, more video, videography and uh, photography side of things. And so part of my work, my income is employed still. Um, and we work together, um, to, uh, teaching, uh, you know, music and, uh, that, that kind of stuff. right? And because of that, I fell through that gap you were talking about earlier, mm. where while I was still receiving my income from the employed work, everything else I didn't get any support from the government on because of yep. the percentage it made up of my income. Mm. So that was right. an absolute – so that's been a complete nightmare in that that respect. Mm. Right. Um, psychologically, though, it's uh, it's funny. I was talking to a friend uh, a couple of days ago, and I didn't realise how much it had affected me until very, very recently mm. Mm-hmm. And the way that um, you know, just like you say in the days roll into weeks, the mm-hmm. weeks roll into months, and suddenly you don't know where the last three months have gone. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't I didn't appreciate how much that had affected me until until a few days ago. And so actually, I've been processing that mm-hmm. <laughs> for a few days, which has been quite odd. Yep. a real strange experience.
1: Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, I think um, whilst I'm saying this and I, I'm fully aware there'll be people listening and watching that think, oh, it's all right for you and share all of this. And yeah, to a degree, it is all right for me because um, we had some savings and because we worked so hard last year. Um, we were doing all sorts of things. We were going from one place to another. And everyone's saying to me, they're like, I'm worried about you. You need to slow down, and all of this. Um, but I was kind of all right. I was running on adrenaline and we were going from there, yeah, Edinburgh to Dublin to Oslo to here to there. And it was hectic. But the good thing about that, um, was that we were so busy. We just shoved all the money away. We just shoved everything away. Anything that we earned from speaking just went away. Um, and we just sort of forgot about it and because we were so busy it's not like we suddenly went oh let's go and have a nice weekend somewhere it wasn't it was just crazy um so we have literally been living off of our savings and yeah I say it's okay for me it is okay for me because I had I have savings but it was only because I'd had that busy year of working that I have those and that's not going to be the case for everybody else and of course not knowing when you're going to get paid next not knowing how you're going to like the amount of things that you have to come cut off you know it might have been a gym membership it might have been this or that you might find that perhaps you're not when you're going shopping you're not having the extra coffees that you might have had before on your way and things we've all had to adapt a little bit I think um but mindset I, I I purely believe that mindset is everything if you can but i do understand that that is very very difficult to do i realize that my fallout from covid Mm. um especially at the moment is that I keep feeling like, because I'm so sure that there is going to be another lockdown of some description, whether it's a yeah. circuit breaker or whatever it is, I think there's another one coming. Um, so, what's happening now is I, I feel like, you know, here's me and there's Pac Man, which is COVID, chasing me. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I just keep running over my, looking over my shoulder, thinking, when is it going to catch up with me? What's the latest restrictions that I can do? What's this? What's that? But like, even this week, London's gone into um, tier two. And I've got a shoot in central London on Thursday, which has been booked for quite a while. Uh, thankfully, my friend is an environmental health officer, but I, I we were just on a Zoom call on a catch up, I said to her, I was like, hey, do because um, I was like, I don't know what the rules are. If they say that, well, I do know what the rules are, but if they're saying you can't, people from different households can't mix, that the, I'm not in the same household as my clients. And yeah, you know, so that's, that means it's off, right? And she was like, actually, no, because you're working, you can do it. I was like, are you? I said to my friend who's an absolute expert and the top end of what she does, I went, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, think at the moment, you're so worried about you don't want to do the wrong thing. She was like, Hannah, I spend all day writing this legislation out and I have to go and enforce this. She was like, you are okay to do Mm -hmm. this. This is all right. Um, And she said, it's only if you go into the next stage, if they review that differently. But it's a lot on us as well to have to keep up with this. You know, I I don't really want to watch the news every night because Mm -hmm. it's depressing. But yet at the same time, I feel like it's my, as a business owner, it's my responsibility to keep myself safe and my clients safe not break any rules yeah. and do all of this so it's kind of like we have to know this stuff to know what we can or can't do but it feels at the moment you're like uh we can only plan a week ahead because so i keep kind of going um, mm. someone asked me about the week after next i was like you know what i just ask me next week because i feel like things are changing so rapidly right now mm. that making long-term plans is kind of difficult so it feels so, like yeah.
0: so have you managed to put any uh, safeguards in place for your business um just in case we're going into another lockdown or
1: well pretty much so basically what we're doing at the moment um is we have spent the summer uh filming um we've been recording videos uh for an online training platform because two reasons we went we started doing uh this thing where we we called it live from the garage and for eight weeks consistently during lockdown on instagram and facebook we formed a group and we went live and we were basically, uh, my partner was the model. We were working from this garage in here um, with the kit that we had that was home with us. And we were basically running different themes each week of what we could think of um, and basically teaching people how to light. And uh, we realized that something's happened here. We when we were asking where people were from... People were tuning in from Brazil, from Japan, from mm-hmm. India, from you know, like Ghana, for the U.S., down the road, like literally everywhere. And we went, hold on a second. There is an appetite right now for people wanting to learn still. Now is a good time for people wanting to learn. But the whole time that we've been going out and doing these workshops and things like that, we're only appealing or we're only reaching the people that can physically come to the workshop. By going online, suddenly you open this up to anyone, anywhere. So we basically decided to film a series of tutorials and we will launch an online training platform. We hope we hope before the year is out, if not, it will be the start of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, two reasons, really, we felt that there might be an appetite for it when everybody is at home. But secondly, as well, it's been good for us. It meant that we can keep working. We keep doing something to stimulate our minds because Mm. a certain period into lockdown, about six weeks in, four weeks in, you kind of go, okay, the weather's good. This is all right at the moment, blah, blah, blah. Then you start to lose it. And when I say lose it, you're starting to think you lose the passion, Mm. lose your enthusiasm. Do I even care about the camera anymore? Do I, do I really like what I'm doing anymore? Yep. Is there any point in this? Is there any? Isn't there even going to be any customers when this is over? Why am I doing this? Yeah, yep. all of that starts to set in. And I spoke to a wedding photographer in Santorini, and uh, he was like, "Hannah, I, I can't even." He said, "Some days I just don't. I can't even be bothered to get up. I just can't." Is there, I don't see the point. What's the point in my camera? Should I just sell it? I was like, go and shoot something. So as much as you don't feel like it right now, get up, go and arrange a shoot for fun, just with whoever's around and go and shoot something because it will just kickstart you back into it again. Yeah. And so we've been making these videos, um, just in the sense that it's given us something to focus on. Each week we've tried to do another one. We've tried to think of a different theme and we've done what we can within the restrictions that we have, but we've gone and filmed and we've put it away and we haven't touched it. I haven't edited the the images. We haven't edited the video. We haven't done the voiceover, nothing, because that is what we're saving for. God forbid there is actually a full lockdown again that we have something to do so we don't start, yeah. you know, having that same thing again, eating into your mind and going, what's the point? Shall I just give up? Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. it's,
0: it's funny you say that because, um, you know, when we went into the first lockdown, um, I had a lot of, a lot of uh, friends of mine who are photographers, you know, uh, you know, on FaceTime and on the phone saying exactly the same thing. Like, you know, I can I don't, I haven't touched my camera in weeks. You know, I don't know. Um, you know, I can't shoot. And so some of them are um, professional photographers, some of them are enthusiasts, let's say. Um, and a lot of people said, like, you know, I just, I can't go and do the photography that I normally do. You know, event photographers, wedding photographers, mm-hmm. wildlife mm-hmm. photographers, you know. Yeah. And and, uh, and the story was really always the same. It's like, I'm stuck in a house, you know, I haven't touched my camera. I feel so, like, you know, tired out and I can't, I just can't motivate myself to do anything. So... Well what, what we decided to do was uh, we we set up um a Zoom call every uh every week. And I think it was on a the original was like on a Tuesday morning since nobody was at work. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, right. <laughs> uh, and it was one of these things here you know, is is basically uh, we just said, you know, anybody who wants to, you know, if you feel like um, you know, creatively drained or whatever, just come on a Zoom call, we'll talk about it, you know, we'll find some creative ideas, you know. And we we figured that since we're all in the same boat here, we might as well talk about it. And sometimes that's just all right. it takes, you know, to to kind of spur you on again. It's just when you realize that you're not the only person who feels like that, then that might help. Um, and that's so that, you know, we've been running this um, every week and that's now sort of morphed, now that people are back at work for the most part and everything, it's sort of morphed into a Photoshop training session that I run now every when is it? every Tuesday evening. So Brilliant. yeah so it's basically it's, it's again it's one of these you know it's a free zoom call you know anybody who's who is interested in photoshop or wants to upskill or whatever you know is welcome to join we started it went right back to beginner absolute beginner level and um and it's just a it's a fun thing you know people join in and hopefully they learn something but it's just um it's one of these things that we wouldn't be doing had it not been for the lockdown and it's actually it's just given value to people you know and it's um it's it's been it's ah,
1: super fun. so good yeah,
0: yeah. Is. The so op-
2: the other thing we did right was um for the first during lockdown at the very least mm. um we would set ourselves our own little challenge for each other specifically <laughs> for the podcast <laughs> so we can, <laughs> you know we'd set a theme yeah. and like one of them was uh, floats or something like that and yeah. we'd go and take a photo during the week and then we'd show it on the following episode and we did that for several weeks didn't we and we, we should get back on that by the way and <laughs> yeah. um, but what was really I found really positive and it's inspired me was that um, a couple of people that we interviewed and other people that we spoke to on uh, the photo video chat each week just seeing us do that inspired them mm. to get their camera out again and go and take right. take a photo and yeah you know, a couple of people that's did their so own good. projects and yeah. that that's just loops around and it oh, that felt yeah. really good that Just from doing, taking a photo, that's inspired someone else to go and do it. Yeah, but it's
0: also, there's another thing that happened um, that I thought was was really interesting. It was that, um, because, you know, back in 2019, everything was busy, you know. um, You know, I ended up working with a lot of clients doing lots of different things like corporate headshots and everything else, you know, and events. And um, although I love all of that stuff, what actually totally went out the window were any personal projects. Mm. Because you just... You know, because you just basically, you just no like, time. you step just from one job to the next job, to the next project, to the next project. And, uh, and you very quickly, without really realizing it at first, end up in this place where it's like, okay, well, there's another corporate headshot in front of a white background and here's my light <laughs> and that's what I do and, da, 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 and I've right. done a really video they like it because I've seen it on my websites I clearly that's what they want but it's not yeah. particularly you know it's not creatively satisfying at all
1: no it pays what. the bills but yeah of course so, you're. De- I think that's always the case is that you know when we're working for other people you know we're just we're always working to someone else's brief yeah. so you never get a chance to play around with that you're just like your job is to do what the client wants and to do it well oh. Um, so yeah I think that giving yourself a chance to be able to go and explore and try different things i think that's great That's really cool
0: so talking about lighting actually because i know i know from looking at your images um i always feel like they're extremely well lit and it's it's, in (laughs) fact you know um it's all you know whenever whenever i'd like to come up with a new look or just, you know, change things up a little bit, I always look at other photographers work, obviously, as we all do, I think it's creative, Yeah, of course. And we kind of think, you know, um, oh, you know, that's really cool. And I, you know, I want to try that or I want to sort of um, deconstruct how that was done. And I very often look at your website. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> ah that's so cool oh, thanks so much yeah so f- I'm obsessed with lighting yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really am it's like I mean I think it's, it's really funny um but yeah to me that's where it all starts and uh you can I love how different you can make someone look what feel you can create all of that it all comes down to to light um yeah without sounding too ridiculous or over the top um you know even the light in my own house. I'm now having the house changed because I realized that I am affected a lot by yeah. light. It's, it sounds really weird, but like you know, during the winter months, I'm sort of like, I get really miserable if it's dingy and it's inside. And I think we all do, really. But um, but there's ways that even if it is dark outside, it's like okay, right. So how can we make this feel warm or cozy or like we can relax a little bit more? Because even like the colour of light and the feel of it and how the the type of light that comes out can create so many different moods and that can even be in your house like your day-to-day <laughs> stuff like it sounds crazy but it's true and um, so yeah I, i'm a little bit uh, yeah i'm definitely a bit obsessive when it comes to light and um yeah it's fun it's my favorite thing to do
0: so is that, is that one of the things we can expect on your on your training channel is uh, like lighting oh, that's all it is that's all it is it's, great.
1: it's just Fantastic. lighting um no that's not true uh, that isn't true actually so basically the idea behind it is that um it is set up in a way we've tried to set it up in a way that with two lights um you can show you all the different ways that you could start a business so if you invested into into two lights um how can you light something as extreme like all the different you know things from a sports shoot to a pregnancy shoot to a family portrait to a corporate shoot you know all of these different things because I'm interested at the moment in helping people uh, try and show the way that they um, show them ways that they can get more work because I think at the moment we might all have to diversify just a little bit um, because if we want if we want to keep going and I think you don't need tons and tons of kit to do that so really whilst I'm yeah you know, the the guts of it is showing how to light things it is also um, I, want to, I talk about interacting with clients, getting clients, how we keep clients, how my workflow is, how we speak to people. Um, you know, all these real little things, lens choices, why I shoot like this, what I'm thinking here, it's basically sort of like you're, you're on my shoulder and we're walking around looking at this kind of going, here's a potential problem or this, when I'm thinking about this, I, you know, I'm approaching this in a certain way. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, a case of sort of, it's not just like, oh, here's how to light this. It is that and in quite specific detail, but it's also the thought process behind it, if you see what I mean, rather than just kind of going, oh, let's just stick a light there and hope for the best. It's like, why are we putting a light there? Why did we change the color of that light? What are we trying to say? What are we trying to do? Um, so, yeah, it's definitely it's, it's it's a lot of lighting in that. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's a step by step process.
0: So how's the, what's the platform going to look like? Like how, how are people going to be able to um, get involved in that?
1: I have no idea at the moment, Kirsten, it's like October. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Um, but that's, kind of, that's kind of true. I mean, it's not going to be subscription-based. Um, I'll tell you for why, uh, because I feel like that puts an unnecessary pressure on uh, me also um, because I have two sides. Obviously I do my you know, education and training and speaking side of things. And then I have a real life business that I run every day. And, I am interested in keeping my real life business running, um, because that's what feeds me the most. Um, and that's how it should be for everyone, I think. Um, so really, I don't want to say, oh, every, every week I'm going to release a new video and then I get a big job come in and then I'm not able to do it. I'm only going to end up letting someone down, um, or, you know, not being able to keep up with it or the standards going to slip or something like that. So, um, that's my sort of headspace for now I mean in the future that could change I don't know but um I know the, the kind of traditional model is to kind of go on a subscription-based thing but for for me as a person an individual I would sort of rather have it that you can go have a look um look at the range because there will be a range um of things on there and think oh oh wow okay right like for you guys for instance oh um a musician yeah okay cool so how is it oh okay oh so, so the pictures there how does she like that? Uh, but you might not be interested in the beauty and you might Mm. not be interested in the pregnancy or do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you go, I do corporate headshots all the time or I didn't do corporate headshots, but I realise now with the way that things have gone, people will need corporate headshots more than ever. Maybe I'll start to do that, but I don't know where to start. So these are little things that I hope that you could pick and choose Mm. various things that you feel applies to you rather than paying a subscription and then getting a load of stuff in there that you're just not interested in. Mm. So it's very much going to be sort of like you know
0: pick and choose what you want. Yeah, well, I think um, there's going to be many opportunities these days. I think for for people to you know to start businesses. I, I think, think so. Right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And what you know, I've watched uh, quite a number of your 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 videos that you've got up at, already at the moment, and you have and and hopefully this will you know help people go towards your your training site when it's up. You have a very particular way of teaching and
1: <laughs> i love this
2: go on tell me more <laughs> no 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 it's is really good and you know you can watch a thousand youtube videos and you know i've created t- tutorials myself in the past for um for audio work right uh but y- you watch them back and there's something you, you make it feel simple right it's, yeah it is simple and, and that comes across right and that absolutely comes across what people overthink certain things and because you do go into the why you yeah. start getting that base knowledge as to oh now how can I use this in a in another situation and you don't get that very often in uh, in tutorials and I, I I don't know whether that's a conscious decision to do that on your part or whether that's just naturally who you are I guess it's the latter um yeah. but that that's yeah. what I took away from that is the is the why is so important
1: cool oh thanks I'm, I'm glad that that is cool because you know the thing is as, as i say to everyone um i'm myself all the time i never change um you know it, it just uh, my company never changes whether i'm on a podcast with you guys whenever i'm in front of a camera whether i'm sort of sitting around with people i'm always the same um because i don't feel like it, it gains anything by trying you don't you shouldn't have to feel like you have to be a certain way yeah. um one thing that i felt that The way I wanted it to be is I wanted it to feel like if you were um, around, I want you to feel like, oh, Hannah's my mate and she's just going to show me how to do this because it's really not that difficult. Um, Rather than I've been to, I've watched people speak and I've seen people present stuff and I felt like sometimes it was being over complicated or it's kind of very much like well one day peasants when you get to my level you might understand <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm just like come on man it's not that difficult stop pretending it is you know it's like just if you if you explain something to someone in a way that they would understand why do we need to make make this over complicated like yeah. it is as simple as I'm putting this there because of this and if I put it there, this is what's going to happen that I'm not going to like. You might like it like that. And I never say this is right or wrong because it's not. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. how you want it to look. It's knowing what's going to happen if you do that. Um, then it's your it's it's your creativity. You it's, it's your choice to be able to you know create whatever you want. I think it's much better to give people the tools um, than it is to just you know so they can think for themselves and. Um, yeah, know, maybe re- remodel a thought, you know, the shot that they've seen and go, well, I kind of like this shot, but now I'm, I kind of like it like this. So I'm going to use the hard light instead or whatever it is. Mm. Um, I think it's, it's much nicer, but I would much rather people felt like, you know, it's just your mate showing you what to do. And, or, you know, based on the fact that they've, they've made so many mistakes before, yeah. <laughs> they know how not to make them so quickly now. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of how it is.
0: And uh, often you pick up little things like we mm-hmm. we spoke to our our guest last week, um, Tommy, um, and uh, we were talking about a, pati- a particular thing that he does uh, where he uses a ring flash um, mm-hmm. t- as a fill light, and it was just a, it was just a light bulb moment for me. We're like ring flash, because you know it's one of these things. Like you know what it's like. You have certain modifiers that you like, certain modifiers you can't stand. You know, and usually I'm in the like I don't like ring flash mm-hmm. kind of yeah. camp, right? But what we're talking about And He goes, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I use it on pretty much everything and I use it as a fill. And I'm like, hang
1: on a minute. Why oh, didn't I <laughs> think of this? That's oh. a good idea. Yeah, I know, right. this has to be Tommy Reynolds that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, about. yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I know I've seen him do the same thing and I'm just thought, yeah, man, that's cool. Why not? Yeah, like yeah exactly. I like, I like this. I like watching, and, but I lo- and that's what I really love about Tommy too, is that he just does what he wants. And I think it's yeah. nice that people do what they want and that's where you really can be creative and get different results if you feel like constantly you're just oh I mustn't do it this way it's kind of the whole light meter thing it's like oh you don't use a light meter oh you can't be a real photographer I'm like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever you know but, and that, but if you want to use a light meter that's good too it's just sure. that there shouldn't be any judgment on any part on how anyone works do what you bloody well want it's your picture that's yeah, how I absolutely. feel like, Create what you want. It's up yeah. to you. Do what
2: you want. It's the result that matters. Who cares? Frankly, who cares yes, how you get there?
1: exactly right. Vic.
0: Situations are always different. Sometimes you got a lot of time to experiment. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes, you know, you have a really, like I remember shooting, um, doing headshots for a CEO of a very huge international uh, corporation. Um, I literally had, I mean, they gave me 40 seconds. That was it. So, right. <laughs> you know. Stuff had to be set i had no you know there was no second chances it was like click 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 thank you very much Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and yeah. um and of course the, everything had to be meted out and everything had to be perfect because there was just no you know failure was not an option at that you know mm. I, I, at that no. moment um but you know generally speaking you know if you have time to experiment especially if you're working on a personal project then who yeah. cares yeah you know
1: that's the beauty that's the that's the time to be able to experiment because then you're not doing it at anybody else's expense and you mm. know it might be that you discover something really super cool and then you bring that into your workflow and your clients love it too so yeah, yeah. definitely i mean there's me kind of going yeah yeah, yeah personal pro- projects are great i'm as guilty as anyone else of not making time <laughs> to do them so, yeah. <laughs> well do as like i say, not as i do <laughs> yeah, yeah i think we should i'm talking to myself there when i'm saying you know we need to make make time to do it because it is mm. important but so.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, um, you're also, of course, uh, an ambassador for a number of, of brands. I just want to kind of, um, talk about that for a second. So I know you're yeah. a Sony ambassador and you're also a Profoto, uh, ambassador.
1: Yeah. How- I, prefer, I don't really have ambassadors, but I'm the other, I'm an unofficial. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I am.
0: What's that how, just, just, um, tell us how it came to be that you ended up, um, ambassading, is that word Ambassading? Ambassadoring.
1: (laughs) In that position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's funny. Um, so it's always an interesting question because people say to me, Oh, how how do you do this? I would love to do such a thing. Um, Hmm. and my first thing that I say to everybody is, um, don't try to be an ambassador um, because these guys get, thousands and thousands of requests all the time from people showing and telling or trying to tell them how they will be the next greatest thing for them and all of this. And, and and speaking, I know the guys where now um, where all these emails come into and it's almost kind of like, you know, they, they read one, they, they read the same, they might as well copy and paste it because it's almost the same. Hmm. Um, In both of my situations, they came to me, um, which I was just as surprised about um but how it came about firstly was um pro photo. uh so how that came about is um <laughs> so this will make you laugh it came from uh, a failed business so oh, right. um right so this is what happened so back in 2015 I did actually start a, a series of um basic educational videos, uh, about how to use your camera because I got a bit fed up with people asking me all the time. And uh, it was one of those things that I found quite difficult to teach. I didn't really have the patience for it because of the different makes and models of cameras, blah, blah, blah. So I thought I'm going to make something generic that could you know go out to lots of people. Um, I went into business and made these uh, videos with somebody who was not on the same page as me, uh, So we had the potential for it to be um, distributed by a very large uh, distributor um, and it could have been very successful. Um, But unfortunately, the person I was in business with at the time wanted a stupid amount of money for it. And I said I didn't want to be involved in this. And obviously, neither did the distributor. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was a lesson. Um, so really, I was like, well, the only way we're going to sell these is by selling them from the shop then. They, you blew your chance, basically. So I had these posters made and the trailer um, was up and being shared around, et cetera, in 2015 at Christmas. Um, turns out the, uh, the marketing manager for Profoto at the time lived locally to where my shop was who knew, not me, um, and had driven past and seen these and went and had, like, had a look at them. Uh, but mostly where it came from was I did this thing every Christmas. I started doing this thing called an advent lighting calendar. And what I would do is for every day um, during December, I would release a photo and the behind the scenes of how I lit it. And I did it for free every day on sort of Twitter and Instagram and things like that. They saw it and they went, okay, this is a girl that can light something 24 different ways because it took Christmas Eve Um, and here's someone that we've just seen on camera that we know that she's used to talking, she can present on camera and uh, it was like the 18th of December I was sitting there with boxes all around me in my studio it was like a mad time, it was hectic and I got this email come, uh, come in which said opportunity to work together and I was like, oh what's this, this is probably some kind of someone trying to sell me something and it was like, you know, yeah, you know, would you be interested in having a meeting in the new year? And I looked at the signature, and it was a marketing manager from Profoto. I was like, what? Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> use Profoto at that point in time. <laughs> so I was like, what? And then New Year happened. We had a meeting. I use I was working with their stuff um yeah they lent me a small piece of kit to sort of get used to I loved it um I started doing some stuff for them it went on I did the photography show it went on and on and on and now the rest is basically history we just have a very good working relationship um and then off the back of that I was a Canon user had been for 15 years um I was at the photography show not the first year the second year and I, somebody, a lady came up to me and she was like, are you Hannah? I was like, yeah, uh, what have I done? Um, and she said, um, I thought it was someone kind of saying to me, oh, you've got to be over here or you haven't filled this form in or whatever it was I was supposed to be doing that year. And um, she was like, oh, can you come over to the Sony stand now? I was like, what? Uh, I can't, I've got to go on stage in 10 minutes. Um, but I, and I can't afterwards because I was doing a podcast, you know, I was like, but, but, but I was like, well, why? And she was like i got someone that really wants to speak to you. I was like, oh, none of this made sense. There was not one part of this that made any sense in my head. Um, and, it, and I went, That's so I went, oh, look, I can't, I'm, really, I'm really sorry, I can't come today. Like, I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know that what was going to happen. Um, so that she was like, I just really, we really think that, um, yeah, we want to have a chat with you about the kit. And I was like,
0: oh,
1: whatever. So I went over the next day and had a chat with them. And they said, look, you know, we've been, we've been trying to get hold of you for a long time, but we thought you were contracted to Canon. I was like, nope, free the bird. Um, and uh, they were like, we really think that with the work that you do, that I autofocus, things like this would really, and our kit would be beneficial. Would you would you be up for sort of shooting with it for a while and see see what you think? Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, it won't hurt because it's mirrorless, it's something different, and, you know, why not? Um, and I played with it, and I loved the kit, and it was mm. really good. And so it was actually, you know, at first were just thinking, am I just being collared to try and get, be someone to, you know, like a, a move to get people to switch? Um, and yeah, to a degree, it probably was. Um, and uh, Yeah, but I wouldn't have done something if I didn't like it. Um, and then a few months later, it was quite quick, but a few months later, they just went, look, yeah, we know this is fast. We know that you've not been using the kit very long, but we would really like you to join our ambassador program i was like i don't think you do i was like i don't (laughs) think that's a good idea guys um and they were and i was like look i i there's a lot about this kid i really don't know how it works And i'm gonna be honest with you i don't really care as well i'm not someone that goes into reading manuals and goes all into this i'm like what can this do for me and they're like no that's why we want you and i was like huh I was like, it was so backwards in my head because I was like, what? I was like, surely you want an ambassador that wants to know all the ins and outs of every single menu and so enthusiastic. And they are so good because they do not censor you at all. So if you don't like something, because uh, I said, you yeah, know, I'm going to say what I think. They're like, that's why we want you. We want you to be honest. We want you to speak to customers about why you have found this switch so beneficial and um yeah we we would love to work with you I'm like well you're crazy but I mean yeah okay and the the thing that I must say is that I don't know how it works with other brands but um it it, it's definitely not what you think it is with Sony we don't get given kit we have to buy our kit um we might get a discount but we certainly don't get given endless Mm. kit we don't get given stuff like this um so it's uh yeah, it's not, and you don't get paid. You don't get salary. You don't, you know. There's a lot of this that people think you have. You know, this wonderful lifestyle when they pay for you to do this, give you all this kit. <laughs> the reality of it is that is not the case. I can tell you that now. My kit I have bought, um, and uh and I kind of like that in a way because I hear that I hear what they're saying. At first, they sort of say, "Oh yeah, it's, it's basically so that we want you. We, if you give anyone something and say." Uh, you know, we've given you this, now say good things about it. I kind of get that. Anyone mm. can do that. So the fact if you like it enough that you bought it means that you're already converted, if you know yeah. what I mean. It's kind of like you're going to be honest about what you're talking about. So I kind of like that respect, even though I was like, I feel like you guys are a little bit of a cheapskate, but at the same time, I'm i like... So I'm
2: going to have to ask, how have you found the transition from Canon to to Sony?
1: Um, at first, it was all it was like when you pick up anybody else. It's like I, I always say, it's like driving someone else's car. You know, like you get in someone else's car and the mirrors in the different place. You have to adjust this, or you go, oh, that, that hang on, this is there. You know, so it's all that sort of general thing of it's not where you are used to thinking it is. You know, um, so you sort of, you know, things are in different places. But now, like, I picked up a Canon the other day, at one of my old ones, just because we were moving—we're moving things in the studio—and I found what well, I was like my five D three, and I picked it up and I went. Uh, I didn't even know where is everything it's so funny how once your muscle memory adapts Mm. it's just like you've always done it um but no it's it's been exceptional I mean I'm now it's quite funny how how such it it gives you such high expectations for your image um
0: Mm.
1: you know now I'm sort of going right in on something and if something isn't like pin sharp because I'm using the a7r4 and I was using the r3 before that and you know the eighty five Mill lens if I if, if I use anything now which is probably a normal photograph or if I shot something different it was probably a normal photo now I'm going right in and eh, it's not sharp clarity's yeah. not there I'm like what what has happened to me mm. <laughs> but it's just it has meant that, that I don't know there's something about it and I never, I'm one of these people, there had to be a positive reason for me to switch. It wasn't just for the sake of it. It wasn't as if they came running with an ambassador contract and I was so desperate to be an ambassador. Like it, it's nothing to do with that. I was like, well, if I don't like it, and it's the same with Profoto, there's a couple of products there that I don't use. And I say to them, guys, I'm not going to do this because it's not ha- it's, its not for me. It's not the right product for me. And it's not it wasn't like that. It was that I looked at my files and I was like, oh my God. And even now with some of the way that i shoot it gives me so much more flexibility um, to be able to crop into things to take a section of an image to shoot wider to crop in to connect with people like it, it just it's a now it's just an, an, a no-brainer it's just been one of those things that you know I, it's just so second nature to me now i just, it's, it's brilliant i can't i can't even imagine not shooting it now that's so
2: crazy, amazing, and you know the reason I'm, I'm I'm particularly interested in your transition is that I'm I'm because I do I primarily do video I shoot on uh, Panasonic um, for video oh, okay, GH5s yeah. right oh. yeah, and okay. the there's rumors out there of a new Sony A9 Mark II S whatever they might call it coming in the Q1 Q2 of next year mm-hmm. and some of the specs that are rumored to be about and leaked fits with exactly what I'm after at the moment and ah, I can't get elsewhere cool. as things stand ah. however Nikon have now announced uh, or there's potentially more coming from them too so I'm, I'm <coughs> seriously considering shifting over to Sony if this camera does come out and it is the specs that are we're anticipating so yeah so that's yeah. why I'm, I'm particularly keen on uh, understanding your your transition particularly from Canon
1: yeah, I mean it's interesting because my um I don't do I don't do any video. My partner does all the video. Um and we, we've we got a um A7S three on order, um, which at the moment they can't ship them out fast enough. And I'm like, okay, so so um, so it's been released, but no one can get them. So we're just yeah. every day going, Hello, hello, and that, even we can't get them. Yeah, you know, so that's what I'm saying, you don't get special treatment as an ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> we're still at the back of the line waiting to waiting to have you know, ours shipped as well. Um but he's super excited about that. Um, there's certainly, and what I can tell you for sure is that there is certainly no way we have any inside information about what's going on. They literally give us a text on the WhatsApp the day before with assets and go, uh, "Something's happening tomorrow, guys." We're like, "Hello, what? What? <laughs> what, are you, yeah. for, what, what are I'll put these out if you want to. We're like, "For what? No one knows what this is." So. Hmm again another thing that you know a lot of people think is very different that you know we we don't get given this information and you know things to work with but no it's been so my partner came from nikon he switched over i came from canon canon switched over and both of us have just you know like loved the transition and it's been it's been super helpful and you know really really good um not been panasonic users so i don't know how you'd find that um but it's, it's good news for us, I think. The fact that the manufacturers are all in competition and always trying to raise the bar and bring something better out—that's only good news for us in yeah. the long term yeah. as things get better. That's
2: Absolutely, good. that's cool. That's helped me definitely.
0: So, where do you see 2021 leading your business? Like, what are your how what are your aspirations are. or plans for 2021?
1: plans are you joking Kirsten? <laughs> oh my god i mean i think i think what 2020 has taught us is there's no point in making plans um <laughs> because there's always something else that can uh you know that can happen but um 2021 i mean really i'm very stubborn um i've been through a recession before um with my business and uh on uh, halloween this year marks 15 years of me starting my business oh, wow. and a lot has happened during that time, but this is unprecedented. There's nothing else like this. Um, it's going to be tough, but I think what I would say to people at the moment is that it will end. Um, and I remember my mum because uh, we used to work together and she used to say to me, <laughs> she used to, say to me, you just carry on like this, like this recession isn't happening. And I was like, yep, yeah, I do. Because I think if you get, I'm fully aware as I say I'm, I'm aware of how difficult it's going to be, and it is tough and it is believe it or not it is tough for me as well' it was like you know, thinking, oh she's just switched studios and she's doing this and she's doing that it's tough stuff guys I've got bills to pay too and the thing is with me as I said before, I chose where my work where my um, studio was based at the beginning based on the town, so St Albans is an affluent area with a lot of disposable income I can't afford to live there I don't live there so I commute there I go in but it's a great place to have a business so I thought about that before I went ahead because sometimes you have to think about where is the best location for your business and it might not necessarily be down the road or just because you live there that's the best place Mm. you've got to think about is it somewhere that people have disposable income let's face it, photography is not a necessity in the world. It's not something that people roll out of bed and go, I must have my picture taken today. And they also,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they also have means to do it mm. as well. Like not professionally the way that we would do it, but it's not as if it's like, it's a dentist where you just literally can't do it yourself. You have to go. Um, well. So it's um, it's a different kind that, you know, people can sort of take a shot on their phone and go, oh, that'll do for now. <laughs> So you've got to think about where is your business based? Is it in a place that can afford it? You know, have you got disposable income in that sense? um, And pretty much from there, you've just got to hang tight and just that's where you can think, is there anything else that you can do for your business? You might not want to do corporate work. You might not want to do family photo shoots. You might not want to be going out and doing these various things. You might not, could you, could you, is there anything that you can do? Have you got any other skills? Maybe from a previous career, anything? Have you got anything that you could integrate somehow, you know, that might potentially bring you some income? I don't know. Only everybody listening has the answer to that. Um, but... I don't know we're making this training platform are we doing it because we want to be able to sit inside and sit on our backsides and go yeah watch the money roll in absolutely not if you chase the money it will never come we're doing it so that we literally don't start climbing the walls and we keep using the cameras if it helps someone else in the process then great but my hopes for 2021 is that I hope that we can at some point get some sense of normality back I hope I really long for the day that we can all be in the same room and have a workshop and all have a great time. I hope that the wedding photographers, things start to pick up again. And I hope that restrictions can be lifted so that events can take place and people can get their work back. In the meantime, I think we just have to hold on to the fact that as, as bad as everything is going to seem, the media, everything else, the world's ending, we're all going to be you know destroyed. We all have to retrain and be something else, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but... We Also, have to adapt to survive. So, I like my cousin has just started delivering for um, delivering shopping, um, you know, for people at home. I was like, do you know what, i you know, if we were really struggling, I would do that. That sounds fun, like you know, or not necessarily fun, but something I could do. I, I know how to drive, I know how to talk to people, I know how to tick off a list. I, I was telling, I was like, tell me more about this. And it's there is no shame, it's one thing, there's no shame. In if you need to go and get a job, if you need to get a side job, if you need to do something else to keep you going, it doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't mean that you're not succeeding. It doesn't mean that it's never going to pick up again. It's just temporary. So I would just say to everyone, this is temporary. When I say temporary, it might last a year, it might last six months, it might last a month. None of us know. But just remember, everything in life is temporary. Do what you can so that you are happy now. And it will pass. It will get better and we will all be in a room again and we will all be at events again and it will pass at some point. We just got to hold on to that thought and just go, right, it's going to happen. Ignore, <laughs> ignore the doomers. It will all get better. Just have to keep focused that it will get better. Well, do what you can to
0: survive. You know, we're hoping that everything's going to be back to normal in at least by late 21 or 22 because we've decided that when we get to the 100th episode, we'll invite all of our guests for a massive party
1: party yes absolutely oh that would be so good and there will there will be a time it will it won't last forever it's just none none of us have seen it like this now and I think if you're if anyone is struggling and trust me we've all had our days where we're struggling me included to be honest about it I post on social media sometimes and going you know what I'm having a crap day guys um not because I want sympathy but because I'm honest um and I think you know it's funny how you say oh yeah yeah and everyone else says yeah me too actually is it's okay it's all right and it's not failure if you need to go and supplement your income or do something else for a while it's not that at all yeah if you speak to me in two months time I might be doing the same none of us know but just hang on in there and it will get better is my thought (laughs) I hope (laughs) absolutely
2: well you're honestly a true inspiration and you know I hope people listen to this and take take away really listen to what you've just said because it's critically important I've certainly listened um, to what you've just said and I'm, I'm yeah, going to yeah. take my own my own thing from that
1: well I think the thing is like I'm the same for, for what you guys have done it's like oh that's really cool I love that you guys have done this and you know this is it it's very easy to get bogged down and I think um uh and trust me I know every day it's not you're not able to be in a positive mindset every day some you just need to sulk sometimes you just need to cry sometimes you just need to go oh my god the world is ending um but that's normal and fine um but we will all be all right we will
0: <laughs> so we have come to the end of episode twenty-seven. Thank you, Hannah, so much for being part of uh, of this week's episode and talking to us. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. We had a blast, and yeah. uh, we certainly learned a lot.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been great. It's amazing how much you can talk for uh, you know quite a length of time. It feels like five minutes, but uh, yeah. Sorry about all the interruptions with Zoom, but that's uh, how it goes. It's twenty twenty. But thank you so much for having me on. And um, yeah, I'm sure I'll speak to you again.
0: Absolutely. So for all of you who are listening to the audio version um, of this podcast, um, please be advised that the full-fledged video version is available on YouTube. Um, Just go to YouTube, search for Camera Shake Podcast. And if you're kind enough to click the subscribe button, that will hopefully get us over the 100 subscriber mark at some point, at which point you can actually just type in Camera Shake Podcast and (laughs) it'll come up. It's a miracle. Anyhow, I hope you enjoyed it and uh, we'll be back As always, next Thursday. See you later. See you later.